Adam, time to get yourself on Instagram and follow yourself some Joel Poland. Yeah, I'll have to have my daughter help me with that. It's showtime. This is The Ski Show, the ultimate show ski podcast, bringing you news, knowledge, in-depth interviews with legends and stars of our sport, and a little bit of fun. Here are your hosts, Matt Heilman and Adam Schaller. Welcome to the Ski Show, the only podcast on the planet dedicated to the sport of show skiing and the only show ski podcast making the crossover today to the professional three-event water skiing world with the one and only Joel Poland. This guy is a star among stars in the water ski world, the overall world champion, an insane trick skier, jump skier, and showman. Yes, showman. His Instagram is a must follow. We are pumped to have Joel on the show today. And today's sponsors are Flyman Skis, custom-made jump skis and featherboard swivel skis at affordable prices. Get yours at flymanskis.com. And by the board shop, all your summer and winter board sports gear is yours at bswake.com. One news note, Adam, the Buck Up finale is coming next weekend. Uh, sorry, this coming weekend. In Tennessee, the top 10 point earners on the season all qualified for the finals. Uh, at this stop, interestingly enough, they're going to dabble with a different judging system. Rather than having regular scoring judges, the guys are going to judge each other. So there's one guy jumping and nine of them are going to be judging uh, and they're going to throw out the two high scores and the two low scores, leaving five judges' scores remaining to compute their total. So going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, I like, holy smokes, the guys that you're competing against are the ones giving you your score. So, that, I, yeah, I think, that's, I think that's awesome. And having it in Tennessee is fantastic. I mean, I mean what a way to end the season. Yeah, going to be great for those guys. Best of luck to all the competitors in the Buck Up finale. Don't forget our Ski Show Awards. There is a nomination link on our Facebook page. And soon this fall, the committee will be discussing all 31 award categories and ultimately voting on the top five nominees in each category. Yeah, that's, I mean, 31 31 award categories, uh, top five nominees in each one. I mean, that just do the math. That is yep. the committee's putting in a ton of work for this. Uh, it's going to be March 1st at the Chula Vista. That's the Friday night of Think Tank. Uh, tickets will go on sale later this fall. Yep. Get yourself to that award show. You are not going to want to miss it. Time for this week's tips in, uh, it's going to be a little different this week. Usually we share a tip, but this week we're going to talk about how, why, and where to get tips. Uh, Matt, this board is all about collaboration, so let's chat a little bit about that. Yeah, uh, where to get tips. Hang in there with me, gang. Um, you know, one of the best things about 
this sport is the collaboration and the sharing and the learning opportunities that are available to everyone. There is learning and collaboration for all teams, big and small, D1, D2, D3, teams in all regions. Uh, you even look at the most elite level, for instance, Mad City and the Rock Aqua Jays, the first and second place teams. They collaborated more than once this summer. We, you know, we were down at the City of Lakes uh, tournament in June, and we both had the opportunity to practice there. We were missing a bunch of skiers. Both teams were, and so we joined forces for one large ballet line to help test the limits of that site and that ballet circle. And in the end, I'm and it helped us. I'm certain it helped RAJ in putting on, you know, their world record setting ballet line they had this year at that show site in Warsaw. Conversely, they lent us their show site this summer. You know, we have a less than ideal show site. They were kind enough to let us come down and ski for a you know, few hours. That sort of collaboration happens all over this sport. And Adam, you know, you and I are always uh, willing and able and freely giving our time to, to people to help teams with questions that they may have and whatever it may be. I mean, you helped a handful of teams this year with scripts and sound and production and things like that, correct? I did. Uh, you know, I had the opportunity uh, to review. That, you know, teams reached out and said, like, hey, will you kind of take a look at our script and maybe give us some suggestions, which very happy to do. Uh, you know, as they sent me the script and I read through it and gave them some honest opinions and, uh, you know, just, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It love to do that. And even uh, one of the teams from Worlds reached out and mm. said, "Hey, can you would you take a look at our show and just, you know, our stage show and just maybe give us some give us some pointers and uh, went back and watched their show and typed up a nice long email and sent it to them and it was, you know, happy happy to help. You know, it's just a yep. it's another set of eyes, right? 100%. And you know, this stuff happens all the time. I I uh, tend to find myself having one-on-one -on -one conversations with show directors. They want to pick my brain and uh, different show directors from all over the country about you know show writing and production and uh, practice schedules and what have you, you name it. Uh, and often I end up learning a lot from them too and having those conversations. The, the point being that there's so much help out there for you. Don't live in your little bubble. You know, Don't think that you have all the answers within you because there's so much help available. If you need a jump clinic, there's one available. If you need swivel lessons, there's plenty of options out there. You want pyramid climbing help? All sorts of resources. In fact, Eric Grand just posted a video on the Show Skiers Forum recently with uh, pyramid climbing techniques. Show production help? Yep, it's there for you. Boat driving help? Yes, tons of resources. You get the idea, you know, there's Think Tank in Wisconsin in March every year. There's a new Southern Region Summit coming this November. Basically, their version of Think Tank is going to be all sorts of learning opportunities and on-water clinics in the Southern Region. Do not hesitate to reach out for help. Adam and I would love to help working with you. Dave and I have helped teams with, you know, critiquing their shows and helping them uh, in leadership capacities. We're always happy to help. And we're also happy to connect you with great people to help you with things that you might need. So again, don't live in your little bubble and assume you've got everything under control. Ask for help. It's there. That sportsmanship, the camaraderie, the collaboration in this sport is what it's all about. And it's really second to none. Yeah, absolutely. And just, you know, another example, 
uh, we were at the Lake City tournament uh, in June, and uh, the Lake City's sound was having some issues with microphones kind of cutting in and out, and they had reached out to me because they had saw, you know, how kind of we set up our sound and our microphones and like, hey, you know, we're having some issues, you know what? And I'm not saying that I'm an expert. I'm definitely not, especially on the technical side of things, but I just, I kind of gave them, sent them some links, some, some of the gear that we use in terms of antennas and whatnot. And lo and behold, two weeks later, they had went out and they purchased all that stuff and had an opportunity to listen and watch their show at nationals. And it was awesome. So yeah. it just, it's one of those moments like, Hey, you know what? I made a difference. So yeah, Absolutely. please feel free, feel free to reach out to Matt. Feel free to reach out to me. Feel free to reach out to, you know, Anybody you think it can help, everybody's more than happy to, to lend a hand. Absolutely. That is this week's Tips In. Uh, now, before we get to our featured interview today, let's chat about Flyman skis. Demand for these skis, Matt, is through the roof. Uh, the number of Flyman jump skis and featherboard swivel skis we saw at Nationals and at Corn Fest uh, was staggering. Yeah, that's right. Top performers like Bria Imsey, Josie Smearcheck, Jordan Long, all crushing it on Flyman skis right now. These skis are made by skiers for skiers. They're a world-class product at an affordable price. And they're fully customizable with the coolest colors and designs you've ever seen. Yeah, so many people have made the move to Flyman Skis, and you should too. Get your custom-made skis today at FlymanSkis.com. Again, that's FlymanSkis.com. Time for this week's featured interview. He's probably the biggest star in all of water skiing today, regardless of sports discipline. A lot of pro water skiers focus on just one event, be that slalom or jump or trick, but this guy is among the best in the world at all three. Incredible talent and a bright future yet in front of him. Let's get to today's conversation with the one and only Joel Poland. All right, we are with Water skiing superstar, Joel Poland. Welcome to the show, Joel. How's it going, Matt? Thanks for having me on. Man, awesome to make this connection. I'm going to get this out of the way right out of the gate. So Adam and I are show skiers. Well, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm 48. I've been show skiing a long time. I'm also one of the show directors of the United States Water Ski Show Team. Going to compete in the World Tournament in 2025. Mm, here it goes. Are you ready to make your crossover to show skiing? And why do you want it to be with the United States water ski show team? Do I have to hit a ramp and do I have to do it on jump skis? That's, that's my one question right now. Uh, no, I mean, we could keep you to trick skiing. Uh, if you want to send a 200 foot jump in a show, that would be killer. If you want to hit a ramp and uh, show us what you got, that's cool too. You know, I could definitely think about it if I didn't have to go upside down off the ramp or if like I could hit it on my trick ski, then I'd start thinking about it. But I don't think the Brits are going to be pumped on me skiing for America. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't they don't have a team, so it's 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 fine, I think. Right. There's okay. Right. I yeah. think we're all good. OK, I could ask. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of that, uh, Joel, tell us where you're from. Tell our listeners you know, a little bit about uh, where you're from and how you got started in water skiing. So I was actually born and raised in London, England, and uh, there was a few little ski clubs all around London, but, you know, outside uh, the city. 
Um, and I started off, actually, my dad was a barefooter, so started off messing around with him on the lake, skiing on pretty much anything. Wasn't really too into one sport, you know, riding surfboards, skiing, ride a wakeboard. I was just messing about for, like, quite a while. Um, and then, yeah, when I was around maybe 10, found water skiing, kind of fell in love with it and started taking it a bit more seriously. And I lived in England until I was about 17. And then after that, I just started going anywhere the sun was, just chasing the summers pretty much. And yeah, now I'm here in Florida. This is my home. Been living here for, say, it's been building every year, but the last three years, I'd say this has been home. Awesome. So how often do you get back to London? Uh, I made it all of like 12 days this year. <laughs> not not enough. Each year it seems to be a little less. Last year it was a month. This year it's 12 days. Um, I will get back there. We have the Worlds um, mid-October. So I'll get back there for a couple weeks after the Worlds and see the family. But then after that, I like to chase the sun again. I don't like the yep. cold. No. Yeah. And did you come here to chase water skiing too to, uh, you know, become and, and become a fixture in professional water skiing? Is that part of the move to, to central Florida? Yeah. Um, so I was actually, I was spending a bit of time in Australia. Just, I managed to get a gig out there in a boat and they let me ski as much as I wanted. So that was great. I was doing that for a couple of years. Um, and then my coach, Matt Reaney, he was like, Hey, like stop messing around, come to Florida, take this seriously. Like you have a shot here. Um, and you know, I knew I wanted to be a pro, but I, I don't think I had any real clear goals or aims where I was trying to get to. I was just trying to ski and have fun. And yeah, we had one big talk on the phone and he convinced me to move to Florida and it's probably best decision I've ever made professionally, personally. I mean, I quite like it here. Yeah. So how long have you been uh, professional? I would say this is year three. I mean, you know, it's hard to say when you become a pro in skiing because, you know, I skied a few pro tournaments when I was like 18, but I was okay, but I wasn't, you know, I was just trying to maybe make a final and jump. I wasn't the best tricker in the world. Slalom, I mean, like I was nowhere close. Um, so yeah, I'd say like three years ago is when I qualified for the Masters and would say that's when I cemented myself as an actual pro skier. As you kind of, you know, grew up uh, around water skiing, different clubs, and then started to watch and love the sport, who were some of your idols growing up that you enjoyed following or, or uh, looked up to in water skiing? So the main one when I was growing up, you have no idea who he is probably. He was a trick skier. His name was George Mailing. Um, and, you know, he was a good skier, maybe tricked like seven and a half grand. But this guy could play around on a trick ski like no one you've ever seen. You know, like if you've ever watched some of my videos on yeah. Instagram of me just messing around, mm -hmm. he's where I got that from. He was doing that, you know, before it was a thing. And I'd never seen someone do that. And that's when I was like, okay, I want to learn to ride a trick ski the same way this guy does. And he, had, he has this one video on YouTube. If anyone's out there and is bored, search it up. It's George Mailing Trick Ski, and you'll see it, and you'll be like, "Oh yeah, he just copied all of his moves." Like <laughs> <laughs> this guy what? just had skis, you know. That's actually awesome. the first video uh, Matt showed me last night when we were at practice. Was you on the trick ski just messing around? Mm -hmm. And it was 
Yeah, it's mesmerizing. It's so smooth and just fluid. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, I would absolutely encourage people to go check that out. Check out your video. It's, it's, it's something else. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, George was the guy that okay. showed me that path. On top of that, I mean, you know, he's going around the world skiing at like Bennett's and having a good time and loving his life. He's out living in Spain and working at lakes all over. So he had like that life that I was like, oh my God, I want that, you know? And he wasn't a pro. He was just a water skier having a good time and he was insane on a trick ski. So that was honestly like my inspiration for a, a lot of years. I didn't really know who any of the pros were. I didn't care. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Uh, did you have any um, particular coaches or mentors that helped you kind of get to the next level? You know, if you were this aspiring kid at 16, 17, 18, starting to realize you can be really good to then take the next level, who, who are those coaches and mentors that, that got you to the next level? So I, I have two. Number one, he was my first real coach. His name's John Battleday. Um, he was an amazing skier from back in the day. I mean, scores-wise, was never number one. But he would win tournaments just out of being a competitor, you know, making it happen on the day, skiing good on the days that mattered, and, you know, a little bit of mental game as well. Like, he was, he was quite well known for kind of getting in people's head and beating them that way as well. Um, and, yeah, he picked me up when I was 11, 10 or 11. And it was a long road. Like, he's a pretty tough coach. So, you know, there was days in the winter where I'm freezing cold and crying and he didn't care. You know, he's old school. Mm -hmm. Like, if I'm crying, good. Like, in a tournament, you're going to be feeling this pressure too. And he, when I started skiing with him, he really elevated my game. But he was big on the basic stuff, you know. Like, you've got to be able to do the simple stuff really well. Then Matt was the other way. He's like a new school coach. He's, you know in that group of the people learning the flips when they were first coming out and inventing them. He skied with Mike Ferraro. I don't know if you know him, but he was yep. the number one coach in the world for a long time as well. And yeah, I had like a good cocktail of going and skiing with Matt, learning five or six new tricks in like two weeks. And then I'd go back with John and he would make sure I could do them every single time. And the next time I'd see Matt, perfect. I can go learn more tricks. You know, there was no learning tricks, losing them, learning tricks, losing them. It was learn the tricks, make them good, go learn some more. And between the two of them, like they really pushed me to like kind of a new level. That's awesome. That's awesome. Joel rides a uh, radar trick ski, Adam. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was just out, Joel, you were just out uh, west in Seattle at a radar uh, dealer days event. And so were uh, some of our favorite people in our podcast, uh, the board shop, uh, Jason and Megan Richling. I think you probably met them. I think uh, Jason was hanging around in some of the boats out at Dealer Days there. Um, yeah, Adam, we were uh, yeah. we were out there having a good time at Radar Lake um, out in Seattle. It was a pretty good time. I think they were in the boat when I was trying to mess around and learn to barefoot a little bit. I don't, yeah, was, yeah. I don't know if it was any good. I kind of just went in a straight line and like went on one foot and I was like, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's good enough for me. I'll, I'll take that. I didn't eat it too bad. I didn't embarrass myself, but yeah, yeah, we're, we're in the boat together. We're all having a good time. Good. Uh, you know, and that I've heard that radar lake is just like paradise. Adam, the board shop, uh, is paradise of the Midwest for her. Uh, people that love board sports. They've got it all your summer and your winter board sports gear. 
Yeah, absolutely. The Richlings have given a lot back to the sport uh, with the board shop. And uh, Joel, unfortunately, you know, here in Wisconsin, it's not uh, super warm year round. So we also do a lot of uh, winter sports and the board mm-hmm. shop has everything from summer gear with all your skis and boards all the way to your downhill skis, uh, your snowboards and everything in between. So get online. If you can't get to Lake Geneva to visit the board shop, make sure you visit them online at bswake.com. That's bswake.com. All right, Joel. So let's talk about, I'm really interested to dive in. You know, so this podcast is primarily show skiing. We have had some crossover. We had Parks Bonifay on. We've had uh, Keith St. On, John. We've had some other people from other disciplines. You're our first like real three event star and we're happy to have you on here. I want to talk about some of your successes on the tour over the last couple of years. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you were the 2022 overall world champion. Is that correct? Yeah. 2021. Oh, 2021. No, the tour, the tour. Yeah. The, yeah, the tour, tour champion. Yeah. So. Yep. Yep. Uh, overall is pretty unbelievable. Like, so there's guys in every discipline, right? That mm-hmm. mostly that focus, their their focus is in one discipline. Some of the jump guys, all they do is jump, and some of the the, the top slalom guys, they're mostly focused on slalom. Trick guys, uh, some of the top trickers, they just trick. You do it all, and you are top of the world in three events. Talk about kind of your success on tour in in three three different events. Yeah, I mean it's definitely been. Um say a bumpy road just you know you're trying to juggle all three of the time and sometimes i'm really like you know i just want to pick one and stick to that because i feel like i could get really good at just one all the time when you're juggling you know mm-hmm. i was speaking to one of my slama friends rob hazelwood and he used to three event and he uh he hung up the skis he just songs now and he was saying dude you don't understand like you know all that pain you have in your body like your knees hurt your back sore your neck stiff mm-hmm. like your shoulders jacked up. It's like that goes away just slow. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you don't understand. I'm like, no way. Like that's not that's not true. That's and, funny. Yeah, I mean, he was always in pain as well, and I don't think he enjoyed the pain. I kind of like being in pain. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but you know, when I'm beat up, I'm like, yeah, I'm doing it good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like. It's definitely tricky juggling all three, but I have those moments where I talk to myself and I'm like, what event would I give up? Like, well, I, I was just going to ask trick. that question, which 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 one would it be? Which one would you stick with? I mean, it can't be trick because I love trick. It's probably the yeah. one that I have the most fun doing. And when I'm frustrated as hell with skiing, I'll just go trick and it will fix all my issues. Even if like I'm having a bad day, I can kind of just go out on the trick ski, play around and like, you know, everything goes away for a second. You don't have to do hard stuff either. You can just play around and it's easy. Mm-hmm. Slalom, I mean, that's just an addiction. You can never win. There's always another boy. So I don't know <laughs> if I would ever be able to give that up. And then I like adrenaline, so I don't know how I would stop jumping either. Like, no idea. Man, that's so hard. I mean, and it, what's amazing is that you're able to do all three at a high level. Now, speaking of jump and adrenaline, this last uh, event in California this weekend, you hit the 230-foot club for the first time, huh? I did. Long time coming. I've been How waiting awesome for that. How awesome was years. that? Yeah. Oh, man. That was um, – like that's that's been a legitimate dream for 
10 years, like for 10 plus years, I've been thinking like one day I want to go to 30. Like I remember being 14, I came third at the Europeans. And um, like, I remember at that point I was like, oh, I'm a jumper. Like I, I could get good at this. And sitting there at home, looking at videos of the good guys going, oh yeah, like one day I want to go 230. Like that's the dream, 230 foot. Yeah. So did you know, did you know when you were, when you launched that jump that you, you probably got there at, did you know in that moment or not, not quite? I knew on jump one, it was, I did it on jump three uh-huh. and on jump one, I went like 219 feet and I slipped Ooh. and I was early and I was like, oh, here we go. Like <laughs> yeah. I've been, I've been jumping really good in practice the like two, three weeks leading up to it. I was fine on my feet again. Like I had a few crashes at the start of the year and you know, concussion stuff and trying to deal with a mental game was hard. And I was finally at a spot where I was like, okay, I can do what I'm trying to do. And I'll jump one slip and I'm like, oh, we just got to get the timing right and everything's good here. And yeah, coming in on jump three, I think I'm coming into the ramp and I was like kind of holding my breath, just like kick it and you're good. Yeah. So yeah, it was, that's awesome. Uh, good let's, feeling. let's stick with the jump. Uh, you know, you're chasing guys like Freddy Krueger and Ryan Dodd. Mm-hmm. These guys are the best. They've been the best for so long. Is that a goal? Like, and I assume it is as any competitor, like you want to, you want to be at the top of the podium against those guys, right? A hundred percent. I was actually just talking to my mom on the phone earlier today and she goes, you know, these guys, they're going to retire. And I'm like, mom, I don't want them to retire. No. Like, <laughs> I want to beat them now. I'm a default. Like, <laughs> I got a great opportunity. These are the two greatest jump skiers we have ever seen. Like, ever. between, you know, Jarrett's in that mix too. But, yeah. you know, between Ryan and Freddie, they're the two greatest jump skiers of all time. And I think it's only a blessing that I get to actually compete against them. Like, those are the two guys I'm trying to beat. And... You know, it's, it's only going to make me better anytime I can beat one of them. Like I beat Ryan in prelims. Mm-hmm. Freddie beat me by two foot. He went 237. I went 235. I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> Finally break 230 and you do that to me? Come on, uh-huh. man. Just, yeah, like I've been loving competing against those guys. And I think, you know, there's a there's a lot of mutual respect from, from both of them towards me and and vice versa. So yeah, I'm coming cool. from like, I'm chasing them down. I'm just, <laughs> you know, awesome. waiting for the day. Mm-hmm. You've, you've held some world records, correct? Yeah. No individuals, only overall, only combined. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. No, I've been chasing. So down. how close are you on chasing down that, uh, trick ski world record? Oh, you know, I keep thinking I'm getting close and then Pato Font goes and breaks. Like, I think he's broken the record like two or three times this year. Wow. So every time I'm like, oh, I'm going to do it, he goes and breaks it again. And uh, it's definitely it's definitely a goal of mine. I don't know what day it's going to happen on. I do have runs that are world record capability. It's just, you know, again, that's where I come down to if I didn't slam or if I didn't jump for like a month. Like if I just tricked, I really think I could just give it a good shot. But trickers make the least amount of money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah. so is 
for our listeners, in packing together what would be a world record run, is the biggest challenge standing it up or is it literally fitting in the amount of points within 20 seconds that you need to get? It's both. I mean, you got to yeah. do, you have to go insanely fast. You can't have any mess ups. Like, no. For the run that I would have to do, it's like, I got to move perfect. On top of that, you know, my toe run has to be perfect. And then in my hand run, I have to do bigger tricks. And, mm-hmm. you know, you got to stand them up. If you fall, if you mess up anything, record's done. Like, it's not going to happen. It has to be yeah. like two pretty much perfect runs, no bubbles, nail everything. Perfect. Not yeah, easy. That's awesome. I mean, watching those those trick passes, the twenty set, like the amount of things that you guys can get inside of twenty seconds is mind blowing. Like, I, is it is it hard? Well, obviously you practice a lot, but like when you're in that moment, in that twenty seconds, like, okay, what's next? Or is it just you've done it so many times that it's just it's muscle memory? You know what trick is coming next? You know, it's muscle memory up to a point, but um. I think it would be about four or five years ago now. We had the we had the worlds in Malaysia. So yeah, four years ago now. We had the worlds in Malaysia. I came third in overall. The week after that we have our British nationals. So I go straight home, I go ski at the nationals, halfway through my first run, through my toe pass, I do like a toe waco, I land it, and I look at the boat and I go I forgot my run. <laughs> through my trick run, I completely forgot my run. So I just started making up tricks, just throwing whatever I could. I completely forgot what I was trying to do. I've never had that happen even in practice. Like it's, wow. you do the same thing every single, like my runs haven't really changed. They've got harder. I've changed tricks and made bigger tricks, but the sequence of events that you do the tricks has stayed the same for like four years. Okay. So yeah, I just, brain fart completely forgot what i was trying to do it happens luckily i've never done that in a pro tournament knock on wood yeah uh joel tell us a little bit you know because again we're we're show skiers you know mostly Mm -hmm. amateur uh what is tell us about professional water ski life like what is training like what's your day-to-day routine look like you know how much are you traveling you know all of that i just i guess walk us through like a day in the life so a regular day in the life? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so at the moment, my coach has got an ice bar. So I've been hopping in that thing quite a lot. So I'll start, you know, I wake up at maybe 5.30. I'm on this weird diet right now where I'm pretty much just eating steak. So I wake up at 5.30, <laughs> I cook a steak. <laughs> I eat maybe half the steak or maybe the whole steak, depending on how hungry I am. Go over to my coach's house, take an ice bath. And then we're out skiing at like 7.30. So I'll slalom at 7.30. A couple other people will ski. And then I'll either trick on jump. You know, if there's a headwind, if there's a headwind first thing in the morning, I'll jump. Like if there's a headwind, I jump. But um, most of the time it doesn't show up till about midday. So I'll probably slalom, trick again at 9, jump again at around 11, 11.30. Then a little 40-minute drive home, have another steak. <laughs> uh kind of rest for like an hour or two try catch up on normal life that's normally when i'll like post on instagram or do any of my adult stuff that i kind of have to do and then 
maybe two two hours at the gym and a little sauna to finish and then after that the day is kind of up to me that gets me to about like four thirty-five. it's a full full day full day full days. how how many tournaments a, a year do you get in like how many this 2022 season how or 2023 season sorry how many how many tournaments are you going to be in i'm probably around 20 20 yeah, I mean, we have a couple um, tournaments we have to ski at the start of the year to qualify for Masters. So there's two of those. You don't get any prize money. Um, other than that, every tournament's a pro tournament. So I'm probably around like 18, 17, 18 pro tournaments right now. And each year it seems to be there's a there's a couple more. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, you know, the Worlds. We have a trick tournament here. We have a slam tournament there. I probably am doing more than most people just if there's a trick tournament i'm tricking if there's a jump tournament i'm jumping if there's the overall tournaments we have four of those every year so you know that's another four tournaments i'm doing so yeah they all rack up it ends up at about 18 personally i love competing like it's honestly one of my favorite things in the world to do is being on a dock your heart rate's at 1010 and you're trying to stay Mm -hmm. calm and you're about to go out and do what you can do like that yeah. feeling to me is unmatched that's awesome dude when is the world's this uh this fall it's about two months from now um not even like seven weeks they'll be yeah, mid- they finish the finals will be the 15th of october of october okay so and where is that this year that's at jack travers that's in Orlando. Jack travers. yeah out claremont kind of way or lakeland right. somewhere like that um, is, there an off, is there an off season like downtime? yeah so in after that i'll be off until like december and i'll go home i'll go back to europe for like a month i spend two weeks in a place in spain called extreme gene um and i'm it's just holiday a little bit of time in the boat they've gave me my first ever job as a skier it's actually the first place i ever ran the salon course it's kind of like my escape so I'll go there for two weeks. I'll spend a bit of time back home. Um, and then after that, it gets a little crazy again. I go to Mexico coaching. I go to New Zealand for a few weeks. And then I spend maybe two or three weeks in Canada snow skiing, which I haven't snow skied in years. So that'll be fun. That's great. You can get some new uh, snow ski gear at the board shop, by the way. <laughs> they can hook me up. <laughs> I am looking for skis. I gotta, I'll shoot them a message. Huh? You should. You should. Uh, they will take care of you. Um, yeah, I was just looking at their Instagram account, actually, before we started this yeah. interview, and they look like they got kind of everything. They do. They have a nice shop. Um, so on the professional water ski side, I think our listeners are probably interested, too. Like, I, you, you made a couple of remarks when we were talking earlier that the prize money isn't that great. Uh, you know, how do you sustain a living as a professional water skier? Is it primarily through sponsorship dollars? Is it prize money? Is it a combination of both? What, what does that look like? Or do you need to have other, you also have other side hustles going to sustain, uh, life as a professional water skier. So I'm on a bit of a 50, 50 now of like sponsorship. I mean, now I have sponsorship that will, you know, I, it means I can pay rent and I can eat food, but, um, yeah, if I'm not winning tournaments, like I'm not going to the next one. Hmm. Like two years ago, going to the Masters. So I, I won the Masters and jump, came like third in trick, which Masters is a pretty good payout for skiing. Um, but going to that tournament, I had like literally $200 in my account. 
like hmm. and i'm about to go to europe i paid for my flights to europe and my flights back and a couple of my flights in between and i've paid my entry fees but in terms of food <laughs> rental car accommodation like i didn't have the money to do it i'm sitting there thinking like oh man i'm gonna have to call my mom and dad and be like guys i messed up like <laughs> i don't have any money well i'm going to that tournament with 200 bucks in my account like i need to do well here <laughs> <laughs> and yeah i won jump i came third in trick so i got more money than just like one event would um yeah. and yeah that was like Actually, they it takes a couple months for them to pay you as well, <laughs> or a couple weeks, and they give you cash if you win jump. They give you like five hundred dollars nice. at the event that night. So they gave me five hundred dollars for winning jump, and then I got another five hundred for having the biggest jump of the season. So that's how I paid for my drinks that night because <laughs> I already <laughs> I spent all my two hundred dollars going there and on food that week. Like I was down to like my last fifty. Oh, man. So, yeah, we got paid. and I'm that... picturing this like Happy Gilmore where you get to take home the big check and you put that in your car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so trying to take it to the bank like, hey, you yeah. guys take these? Like... <laughs> oh, man. That's, uh, you know, that's interesting to hear that, you know, pathway and, and what it takes to – to sustain a living and, and make money and try and do it. Now the master, we've talked about the masters on this podcast before, because mm -hmm. there are some interested folks. Uh, there is a freestyle jump tour in our sport. Mm -hmm. They would love to be at the masters. Like if we could connect that, that discipline in at the masters, that would be cool. Cause the Masters is such a cool tournament. And when we would love to get freestyle jump in there too, at some point. You know, and I really think the people would go wild for it. Like, we get a good little crowd at that event. And I would say, like, if they bring in people hitting a ramp and throwing huge front flips, like, yeah, they're going to love it. It's only going to get more amped, especially if you do that just before the jump event. Like, they're all going to be so amped up for that jump event. Yeah. Like, I, I really think that would be a a pretty cool idea. Even if it's just expedition. Exhibition, and, you yeah. Know, that, you, yeah. You guys just have, like four or five of your jumpers come out, but I would definitely be down to watch that. I'd be there watching. Adam, let's get after it. Let's help these boys get there. Derek, uh, Carter, Pete, Liam, let's get them at the Masters. Mm -hmm. Yep. Let's make that happen. That'd be awesome. Right. That would We're be freaking awesome. Yeah. Joel, is it true you have your own uh, – you have a, do you have a trick ski uh, named after you? Yeah, I have uh, – Radar hooked me up a couple years ago. They they got me my own trick ski. Everyone was calling me an alien for a little bit. Um, <laughs> and I was talking to Brooks. He's you know he's the boss at Radar. I was talking to him and just saying, look, dude, our graphics suck. <laughs> like, they are. So we just made this ski, and the bottom of it was orange, and it said Radar. Just like it looked like somebody just typed it up on a laptop. Um, whoever designed the ski, I am so sorry if I'm ripping you up right now. But <laughs> Uh, I have that ski. It's orange bottom, black on the top. It says radar. It just says radar. And they yeah. I, they sent me this ski. They're like, hey, this is our next year's graphic. And I'm like, are you kidding? Like, <laughs> is this – because we've always been known for having, like, really cool skis, you know? Yeah. So I called them up. And I'm like, hey, man, we got to do some cooler skis. Like, we need some explosions. We need spaceships. We need aliens on there. Like, we need to get creative and inventive. 
Like, we're radar. We don't just make a boring ski. What are you doing? And, like, six months later, he just sends me this ski. It's got my name on it, and I'm like, you know, childhood dream. Again, I've now got yeah. – this is a childhood dream I didn't even know I had. That's he like Air Jordans. Ski, like, right? you got your own, you know? Yeah, I'm, like, freaking out. <laughs> wow. And at this point, I'm thinking it's just for me. So I'm it's a pumped. one-off. It's a one-off. And, yeah. Exactly. But then I call him. And I'm like, "Hey, this ski's awesome." He's like, "Yeah, we're gonna start making them next year." And now there's I'm on my second edition. So now we've got a new one. It's got a big robot on the bottom. It's mm-hmm. kind of cool looking. And yeah, it seems to seems to have worked. Everyone seemed to have loved it. We sold out. There was only a limited amount of them, and they sold out like immediately. So yeah, that's awesome. Radar did a one-off, Adam. I don't know if you saw for Twin Lakes Corn Fest. Mm. Uh, and I don't, Joel, you submitted, I think, uh, one of the online competitions they had the three trick line contest on Instagram. Well, this event was in Wisconsin. It was the coolest water sports event, but radar made a core. The whole thing is called twin lakes corn fest. They made a ski with corn on it. It was hilarious. Cool graphics. Oh, I I know corn fest. I mean, they've been inviting me to that tournament for years and every (laughs) time it lines up. (laughs) With like the worst weekend, like I have a tournament, I really need to go and ski every single year. It's kind of like banging my head against the wall. I need to make it there. But next year, I mean, this year it was on the same weekend as Herb's Cup, which is the radar event in Seattle. Like I have to go to that one. Yeah. If If it was a different tournament, I really think I was at the point where I was like, screw it, I'm going. Yeah, Erica Erica Lang Lang came two years in a row. Yeah, that's cool stuff. I mean, that crowd, like, I've seen all the videos of it, the crowd, the atmosphere, like, it just looks like an insane event that I would want to attend and be there for, even if I'm not skiing, just to be there in that event. And I think if I ask, they might let me ski. I think Uh, your your style of trick (laughs) skiing would would win the hearts of of all fans there, for sure. Honestly, I think that trick ski is, like, maybe cooler than mine. I saw that thing. (laughs) Whoever designed that hat off to you like whoever was in charge of that design amazing amazing design i'm I'm kind of jealous i don't have one that's awesome what's the backup plan for you after professional water skiing i get asked this so often i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to be smart i'm trying not to you know buy stupid stuff and spend my money idiotically i'm trying to be smart about it um you know coaching is always a very good option i do like coaching i coach a little bit here and there um but yeah i mean i look at like maybe i'm dreaming but i look at freddy krueger and he's like 48 and he's still going he's still winning events Mm -hmm. and i think you know why not me like i got this far why can't i keep going that far i you know you got to be smart and you got to make sure that you take care of yourself and you know dodds you know mid to late 30s now ryan dodds yeah you gotta take care of your body right take care of yourself like a true professional athlete exactly so you know for the next 10 to 20 years i want this to be my full-time job and in the meantime try and make some smart investments so when it does come around to the point that i've got to make decisions i'm not totally screwed yeah. Well, we didn't, I didn't ask the question because I want you to hang it up anytime soon. Cause I think you're going to keep it going for a long time. Uh, I personally, like I'm a, I'm a huge sports fan in, in all sports and I'm uh, always attracted to watching 
greatness in any sport. Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan, uh, Serena Williams, mm-hmm. like all these greats of the greats. And that's what why I love following you and watching you because you you are that in water skiing now. Like you're only 25 years old. You're still ascending and uh, you're the best all-around skier today. Probably you and Dorian, right, fighting for the all-around titles. Yeah. Um, and it's it's cool to watch your journey and what makes people tick and 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 what makes you go, um, and that that's so fun. Let's talk a little bit about your social media. Like you've got a huge social media following. You're you're almost at forty thousand Instagram followers. Is that something that you set out to do purposely, a conscious effort, or that happened organically? And yeah, I mean, yeah. I I put some effort into that. Like when I was yeah. when I, right around the point, I decided I wanted to be good at skiing. I sent like a 150, 200 emails in like one winter and not a single person would sponsor me because the first thing they ask is how many followers do you have? And I had like, I think I had like 6,000, which I thought was decent for a water skier. Like at the time, I think Will Asher maybe had the most followers at 12,000. So I'm thinking like, you know, I've got an okay following and every single one of them wants to know how many followers he got. It was like, they didn't care what my stats were, what I was doing, where I was headed, how many followers do you have? So I sent out, I set out a mission that year to like get to 10 K thought that was like a pretty good aim. And I got there in like four months. It's like, Oh, this is great. Um, and there's been times where I've definitely like put a lot more work into it. And then there's times where I just couldn't care less, but, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of like become, something i do for fun but i wouldn't say i'm setting out too hard on it like i don't go out there too often to do stuff just for instagram i'm normally just filming mm-hmm. day to day i wish there was a camera on me 24 7 sometimes because i do some dumb stuff that i never get on video <laughs> yeah like man that would have been a great video but i bet your yeah. sponsors love the following though that social media presence that you've built your sponsors have to love that yeah i think that definitely has played some weight into, you know, my deal with radar. I mean, I would say, you know, being a good skier is definitely one thing, but you know, the social media, it's how are you promoting yourself? Yeah. Like there's some guys out there that are incredible skiers and their social media is just trash. Like it's terrible. And, you know, yeah, I, I think if you have a great opportunity like this and I have the time to do it, I have the people around me, like there's no reason to not do a little bit and it seems to be inspiring people. I mean, it I does. get a few messages when I'm actually checking my messages <laughs> and yeah. people seem to be enjoying it. Do you so do I, your own you know, edits? Do you do all your own edits and, and stuff or do you have people that help you with that at all? I do most of it. I yeah. do. I'd say I probably do like 90, 95% of it. I have a few friends that have cameras and they'll make edits for me. And when we ski here and there together, um, a hard one actually is trying to find someone that can film like, cause it's all on an iPhone. Like I'm just yeah. filming on my phone. And then most of the time I'm just doing it on Instagram in the reels editing bit. Um, and yeah, like if, if you've got someone that can actually just keep it on you, that's really helpful. Cause we're moving pretty fast. Yeah. Uh, if I ask my dad to film, it's just <laughs> so that I can see what I'm doing. There is no way I could ever use that footage. He's like, 
he's trying to watch and film so i'm out skiing and he's like still facing left while i'm like all the way on the right side of the boat and then suddenly the phone jumps and then he starts filming sideways instead of upright but he was filming upright and it's a total mess like <laughs> still love well, before we let you go we gotta we gotta know i mean can we get you in a water ski show sometime somewhere I would love to do. I don't know what I would do or how I'd oh, make it work. Oh, you would do plenty. I mean, oh. there's trick oh. skiing. Trick skiing in water ski shows is booming, to be honest with you. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah, it it's is. Huge. It is booming. I mean, that's one of at, at Corn Fest, there were show skiers everywhere that were trick skiing there. Um, and, and trick skiing is seeing a huge boom in show skiing, which is super fun. Uh, you're just seeing a, a lot of crossover we're seeing crossovers in the sport like my own son grew up as a show skier he's now mm -hmm. uh, he's now in college and he's skiing three event at the university of wisconsin he never skied three event prior to going to college now he's into it uh he's flipping a trick ski and then he brings that to the water ski show like That's so there's things, awesome. so there's lots of crossover you would fit in perfectly in a water ski show yeah. i feel like i could be comfortable with some with some show skiers and the one everyone that i've met in show skiing has been like the most easygoing people i've ever met yeah and what i love about show skiing is you're cheering for each other like when someone goes out and does something awesome like you guys are actually happy for each other and i don't think that's always the case in skiing <laughs> like you see someone goes and skis amazing and like seven guys on the bank are like damn it <laughs> <laughs> Come there's on, no man. prize money. There's no prize money in show skiing. So yeah, there's right. the, yeah, there's not that. You know, even if there was, like, yeah. that's not what skiing is about. Like, people go out. You go on a boat together. You have a good time together. And if someone goes out and does something insane, and you get to watch that with your own eyes, like that's just that's what it's about to me. And I love that you guys have that in show skiing. Like every show story I meet, you know, easygoing, happy people. I think I'd fit in well yeah. with the show skiers. You would. That that attitude is pervasive. Like, uh, I, you know, Adam, just thinking about when Liam threw that 110-foot gainer, one ski gainer, 110 feet, That's and wild. he comes back to the dock and everyone goes nuts for him. They're, they're cheering him on and they're, like, mind-blowing. Everybody's sharing his stuff on social media because it's so yep. cool. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, you say 110-foot? 110-foot, one ski gainer. Yep. yep. That is why people can't do that on two skis upright. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why we need to get freestyle jump at the Masters. That would be a I fun agree. mesh. So. I agree. Well, Joel, this has been freaking awesome. Thank you so much for carving out time to be on our podcast. This is going to be really popular for our audience. Um, we got a lot of people following you. And if you, people, if you're not following Joel, follow his Instagram. Let's get him over 40,000 followers. Uh, and, and help him boost that because, man, he, you're, you're a fun follow, and thank you so much for doing this today. Yep. Thanks, you know, Thank you a lot for having me on, guys. It's, it's been a real good chat. It's nice chat to some show skiers. I yeah. might have to do some show ski, show ski shows now. Well, we can, uh, get you, we'll get you hooked up down there in Central Florida. We know plenty of people. So best okay. of luck to you in your upcoming tournaments at Worlds. Uh, wish you the best of luck. Thank you very much. Well, it's probably one of the biggest stars we've had on here in the water school world. I mean, we've had plenty of them, you know, Matt May, Scotty Clagg, Zane Schwank, Parks Bonifay, but in the three event world, he's 
it right now. He's the guy. Like, I just want to hang out with him. Like it was, <laughs> it's, yeah. just, it's just fun to talk to. And I'll be quite honest, uh, you know, with our listeners here. And I, I talked to Joel about this kind of off air is Matt, when you sent me the text, like, Hey, we're going to have Joel Poland on the podcast. And I responded, who, uh, but no offense to Joel. I live under a rock. We all know that. And you guys got to go out and you got to watch his videos. Like, holy smokes. Follow his Instagram. Oh, oh man. He's awesome. I mean, just, you know, we talk about he's a three-eventer, but as we mentioned, he, this guy's a true showman. And the stuff that he's doing on 90-inch jumpers, you know, the side slides and the TikToks and, you know, uh, what he can do on a trick ski, man, it just, you, you got to check this out for sure. Yep. Let's get that guy in a water ski show somewhere. He, Like he said, he would fit right in with show skiers. He is oh. a showman. As soon as you see his Instagram, you see that he's got it. Like He's a performer, not just a world-class skier. Uh, so fun to have him on the show today. Uh, make sure you get connected on Joel's Instagram. You don't want to miss it. And uh, hopefully we'll catch Joel in a water ski show near you sometime soon. Thank you to today's sponsors, The Board Shop, Lake Geneva. They've got all your summer and winter board sports gear. They were hanging out with Joel in Seattle at the Radar and Ronix demo days. Make sure you visit them online at bswake.com. That's bswake.com. And Flyman Skis. These guys have it all. The jump skis you need, the featherboard swivel skis you need at affordable prices. Get yours at flymanskis.com. And thanks again to all of our listeners. This is Matt and Adam, and this is The Ski Show. Thank you for listening to The Ski Show, the ultimate show ski podcast with Matt and Adam. We're the only show specifically dedicated to all things show ski. If you have feedback or ideas for future shows, hit us up on social media or email us at theskishowpodcast at gmail.com.